following is a podcast of 19 North, a young adults ministry at Victory Family Church. For more details, see 19north.tv. Me and him got into ministry about the same time, about what, six months ago? No, I'm just kidding, about a year ago. Um, he's the middle school director here, and just to see his heart and his desire for this next generation, uh, it inspires me and it gives me hope that, that, that we're in good hands because we have leaders like him who truly care about reaching our generation who is lost, broken, and that needs a Savior. And I'm so proud and, on, and honored that you would come here tonight and, and lead us into this service and just watch the Holy Spirit move in a real way. So what I want to do is I want everybody to just extend their hands out. We're going to pray for Ben, and then we're going to hop right into this service. Dear, dear Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for this night. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you are here tonight. You're, you're living and breathing in each one of us, God. And we want to have a fresh encounter with you, God. We don't want yesterday's or last week's, but we want a fresh revelation of who you are. Holy Spirit, I thank you as we go into the healing time of service that you show up and you begin to do our work on people's heart as they come up to receive prayer. And, and I just thank you that the word that you have given Ben, Lord, is not from him, but is for you and it's for a generation for tonight. God, we thank you and we ask this in your name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Hey guys, what's going on? How are we doing? Woo, sweet. This is an awkward move. It's cool though. Let's, we'll embrace it. So hey, look. I'm Ben, like, like Zach said, what an honor it is to be able to come and just hang out with us tonight. And so we got a lot of ground to cover, not to scare anybody if this is your first time in church. I promise you, we'll make it fun. It'll be a little bit fun, okay? So we can loosen up. So what we're going to do is, why don't we just open up with playing a little game. So this is something that I do with the middle school students. Uh, I think we have a lot of fun with it. So if you could just turn to your neighbor. Everybody turn to your neighbor real quick. And I want you to just say something. This is to break the ice a little bit, to loosen up, right? Just say Come on. Awesome, awesome. I know some of us were talking to somebody's neck, and that was weird, but that's cool, though. And so, but like, you know, if, you, if you've ever been in church, if this is your first time or whatever, and you're, you're here, you're like, a lot of times you'll hear people say amen when you, when you got something good, right? Anybody? Yeah. So let's just say, come on. We'll be in agreement, all right? So let's do it on three. One, two, three. Come on. Woo! Oh, man, you guys are a lively bunch. We're going to have a good time. So let's go ahead. We're going to go to Isaiah 55. We're going to jump right in the Word of God. We're going to go to Isaiah 55. And so what, what tonight looks like a little bit is I'm going to read through a passage with us. And then we're going we're gonna to kind of break it down a little bit. We'll pray. And then we're going to go in the prayer. Sound good? Yeah. Woo! I won't keep you long, I promise. Zach did say, though, that I have unlimited time. Hello. I'm just kidding. Okay, so Isaiah 55, if you guys are there, if you're opened up your Bibles, I encourage you to, or download the version on your phone, whatever, but I love the title, the very title of this chapter. It's an invitation to the abundant life, an invitation to the abundant life. So this is a personal invitation from God to the abundant life, the God kind of life in Jesus. So God is inviting us to live an abundant life. God didn't invite you to just live a life, but to live a life in abundance. Come on. Woo. I'm telling you, I'm getting all excited up in here. All right, so let's go ahead. We're going to jump right in. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Come all who is thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and almond milk. Without money and without cost, why spend money on what is not gluten-free bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good. And you will delight in the riches of fair. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
Neither are, my, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And so this is so big. Before we continue, this is so big. I, I want us to just catch this, guys. Get this real quick. Play, pay close attention to verses 10 and 11 because it's actually where we're going to land tonight. We're going to end here. So, so God is going to be giving a metaphor, and then he's going to liken his word to something in verses 10 and 11. So God's going to explain. So just watch. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and, and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is, this is, this is God likening it, right? So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but, I, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst in the song before you, and, the, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of the briars, the myrtles will grow. This will be the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. So I love this. This is, an, this is an invitation, a personal invitation to the abundant life. So God is inviting us into his kingdom, and this, this is a prophecy about life after Jesus, right? So that once Jesus comes, we get an abundant life. We don't get an abundant life because we live in America. We don't get an abundant life because we come to church, right? But we get the abundant life because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on. So Isaiah 55, you know, it, it, uh, this, is a, this is a prophecy from the prophet Isaiah talking about what's going to happen when Jesus comes. Salvation will be here. So you and I will no longer settle for life, but now we have the abundant life in Jesus Christ. Whether you, you're lost, whether you're ashamed, or, or, or what, whatever you're going through, maybe you've even given up on God. God will never give up on you. God's love is unfailing, and he'll always love you right where you're at. He wants you to live an abundant life. And so God wants to wow you today. God wants to speak to us. And so I want to encourage you. The Bible says that as we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. So our very posture of leaning in, expecting God to speak to you, I promise you he will. Expectation is an invitation for God to do something in your life. And so be believing today that God's going to show up, that, it, that his presence are going to be here. He's going to speak to you, and it's going to get good. It won't be like what Zach said. We're not going to be like doing a glory run or anything. I don't know if anybody knows. But I want to preach a message. So if you're, right, if, if you're taking notes, which I encourage you to be pulling out your phone, writing in your moleskin, whatever you got, um, <clears throat> write this down. The abundant life. The abundant life. All righty. We good? Okay, let's go ahead. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word, Lord. I thank you that it goes forth and produces fruit in our life. God, I thank you so much for, for all the leaders that are in this room, Lord. I thank you for, the, for, for, for just as we came, Lord, we came hungry, God, and we're excited. We're expecting you to show up and make yourself real to us, God. We, we, we are expecting it, Lord, and I, and I thank you that your word goes forth and it does not return void. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Woo! Does anybody in here, um, if, you're like, if you're like me, how many of us like to shop? Can I just see your hand if you like the shop? Oh, I love the shop. I don't care what it is. I love shopping so much. Like, I'll spend your money, my money, grandma's money. It doesn't matter. I love shopping. I don't know what it is about it, but, it, oh, it makes me feel so bubbly inside. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love spending money. And so my wife, she's so, where's she at? My beautiful wife right here, Alyssa, she's awesome. She 
is she's, she gives me some wisdom, right? She wise counsel. She's like, no, you can't go spending all that you want, everything that you want. You can't buy. Let's budget some money. I'm like, huh? Like, no, I just, like, I want to bless people. I love, especially around Christmas time. And so, like, when I was 16, it was, I just got my debit card for the very first time, and I just got a fat check. Oh, I was so excited. Haul at your boy. It was like 200 bucks. I felt like my card was heavy. You know what I mean? It was like made of gold. I was so excited. And I was on my way to Walmart, and oh, anybody ever have an experience at Walmart? I don't know whether it's been good or it's bad or you've seen some things. Everybody sees some things walking out of Walmart. But I love Walmart. I was so excited. Man, I'll buy, I'll buy all the things. I'm like, I want to bless you. If, if we go out to eat most of the time, I want to bless you. It's just on my heart. And so I'm like, Christmas time's coming around. I'm gonna, it's my opportunity to bless somebody, right? You know, I'm like, gift for you, two for me. Gift for you, two for me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm spending some money. And my wife's like, Gah, no, I'll do it. And so, you know, I get to this awkward moment where I'm inside the line right? And I'm looking at the cashier. He's looking at me, looking at him, looking at me, looking at him. And it's like, you, you know, around Christmas time, everybody's supposed to be like all joyful and excited. But you know, that's not the way. You know, everybody's like, I got to get out of here. I got places to go. Thank you, Jesus, for Amazon. Oh, whoo. It's, it's, it's awesome. I love it. Anyway, but I'm looking at them. I'm looking at it like I'm just taking it all in. And, like, everybody is waiting for me. So I'm so excited, though, because I got my cart loaded up. I didn't even pay attention to the price tag. I'm like, put it in the cart. I got my debit card. We're loaded, right? And so it gets to the point where, like, I finally swipe my card, and I'm looking at the cashier. And you ever get, like, I don't know if you've ever been like me or if you've ever had this moment where, like, the cashier's looking at you. You're looking at them. You're looking at the line. And then, like, all of a sudden, if this has happened to you, like, I don't know why the cashier feels the need to shout. But, like, sir. Your card, it's been declined. Like, why, okay, why, why, why do you got to, like, like, they had to yell it. Like, it's sufficient funds. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And then you feel all uncomfortable inside. And you're like, oh, my goodness. You feel the need to turn to the line and say, oh, that's crazy. I just used it an hour ago. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. But there's nothing like that feeling of having insufficient funds, not having enough to pay for whatever you're trying to pay for. And so God's word never returns void. God always delivers. You can, you, God, God can always pay for whatever he speaks because of his character and who he is. God and his word never, ever returns to him void. Come on. It's that old saying. I'm not really a sports person, but it's that old saying that, that you're, you, you ever hear like your mouth writes checks that your talent can't deliver, right? That's, that's not God. God can deliver on whatever he speaks, whatever it is, because of his nature, because of his character. God's inviting us in this chapter, Isaiah 55, to not only live a life, but to live an abundant life. So good. Woo! We believe that in Christ you have more than enough. You've got more joy, more peace, more hope, more strength, more than you could ever ask or imagine. You've got enough. That's the abundant life in Jesus. And so watch, watch how God invites us in. I've got five C's for us, so I want you guys to take notes. If you can take notes, note takers are history makers. If you're like me, God speaks to me. I don't know what happens. It's just out in one ear, out the other. So write it down. Just write it down. Woo! I'm going to go ahead and drink some water. You ever see somebody with cotton mouth? I'm not going to be that guy. Okay, you with me? We good? Okay, all right, okay, okay. Come, number one, write down number one, come. 
Isaiah 55, verse 1. Come all who is thirsty, and you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come. So in other words, I know that you don't have sufficient funds to, to come and get what I have to offer. But this is a gift. This is a free gift, right? Salvation doesn't cost you anything because, because it's already been paid for. God paid for it with his son, right? Jesus Christ gave his life so that you could have everlasting life. And he said, come if you're thirsty. So in other words, God is acknowledging bankrupt souls. God is acknowledging those who thirst for something a little more authentic. God, God is acknowledging us. God, God is saying, come. Come if you're thirsty, if you're needy, if you're desperate, if you're broken. Come, everybody come. This is, this is for everybody and anybody who is willing to just come. I want you to just come. Come, 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 come. Come, right? You, you might not have grown up in a good home. You might not have grown, maybe you even grew up in a bad home. I, I don't know. Maybe you did grow up in a good home. I don't care what you did last summer, this summer, or last night. God says come. The whole gospel is an invitation for anybody who is willing to come. Just come. You know, so this is Isaiah 55, God saying it, but Jesus also echoes these words in the Gospels. He says, he, he says, come to, he, he says this with the tax collectors, come, just come. Fishermen, come, right? One woman, she had seven demons, her name was Mary. He said, you can come too. Like, just come. I, I, one woman's caught in the act of adultery, come. I just want you to come. Just come. Sh just show up. This is for everyone. You know who this reminds me of? And, and I, I mean this with my whole heart. Pastor Zach. I love your pastor. I just got such a heart from him. He, I, he's such a mighty man of God, and, and he's always, always, always inviting you. Come. I don't, I don't care what you did. I don't, I don't care what you came from. I, I, don't, it doesn't, I want you to come. Just come. Come, come, come. I feel like he does such a good job at exuding the heart of the Father, a, a, of loving others like Jesus. Can we, just, can we just clap for Zach Del Turco? I love that man. He exudes the love of Jesus. He does such a great job. Come. Just come. God wants you to come. Just show up. It's for everyone. Come. So one is come. Come all who is thirsty. Hallelujah. Two is call. I want you to call. So write down number two. Call. When you come, I want you to show up. And I want you to call on my name. You ever invite friends over to your house? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody. Do we not have friends? I know we got some friends. Come on. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I know what you mean. So you invite people over and you kind of feel like they're there, but they're not there because they're kind of hanging out on their phone. You're like, hey, what's up? And they're like doing their thing. But you, you feel like they're there, but they're not there, right? You're together, but you're not really together. God says that when you come, I want you to call on my name. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near, right? In other words, I don't want you to just show up, but I want you to show up in a manner where you're calling on my name. I want you to be there with me, to be present, draw near to me, just like the Bible says, draw near. In other words, it's going to take a little bit of faith for you to admit that you need a higher power. It's going to take a little bit of humility for you, for, for you to say, I can't sort life myself, right? I found myself in this situation. I'm, I'm caught in this sin cycle. I'm dealing with loneliness, depression, anxiety, addiction. Call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says that those who, who call on the name of God will be saved. Aren't you glad that you didn't just get an invite, but you got invited to the King of King, Lord of Lords? Come on. Come on. Woo, call on God. What would your life look like if we began to call on God a little bit, right? What, 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 what would happen? Call on his name with strength for your relationships, for your dreams, for your finances, for your future. Call on God. Have you ever seen that show? I know we have. 
Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you need help, right, you, you, can, X, you can X out two of the four, or you can, ask, you, can ask, you can ask the audience for help, right? Or you can phone a friend for help. Calling on God is asking, is asking for help. Call on God. When you come, all I ask is that you call. So one is come. I don't care if you grew up in church or this is your first time in church. Anybody can come. I, I, I don't care if you're a believer or if you're not a believer. Just come. And when you come, call. All I ask is that you call on my name. And, and when you call on my name, I want you to know. I want you to know that we are on different levels. You and I, we are on different levels. So there is no comparison in verse 8. So write down number three, comparison. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are, are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. He is reminding us that the difference between you and I is his thinking is above our thinking, right? When it comes to you and God, there is no comparison. He is in a class all on his own. He is the most powerful, the most high, the, the, the biggest, the strongest, the greater. He's above all things. Our God, God, is the King of kings, Lord of lords, Lord, Lord of hosts, Abba, Father, Jehovah, Jireh, El Shaddai, Yahweh. He, he is amazing. When you call on God, he is a mighty God. Come on. So Isaiah 55 verse 9 as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. He thinks in terms of the world. You think in terms of your life. He thinks in terms of the universe. You think in terms of your bank account. Right? His ways are always above our ways. He's in a class all on his own. There's no comparison. How many people in here, I get that creepy smile. How many people in here have an iPhone? Can I see your hands? How many people in here have an Android phone? How many people have a Samsung? Don't raise your hand, that thing might explode. I'm just kidding, just kidding. But there's no comparison, right? There's no comparison. Just like you would compare Apple and Android, when you call on God's name, there's no comparison. His ways are so above our ways. He is faithful, he's committed, he's undefeated, he's undisputed. Thank God that he's in a class all on his own. So one is come, come all who are thirsty. Two, call, call on my name. And three, comparison. When you, when you call on my name, there's no comparison. God can't be compared to a, a man or a politician. His ways are way above our ways. God said that, God said all of that to get to number 10. Get to number 10. Verse number 10, listen to the language. This is so good. So good. As the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish, all, it will accomplish what I desire and will achieve the, the purpose for which I sent it. So in other words, have confidence in my word because it never returns void. Right? God says that, said that if I send my word out, it's going to heal. If I send it, it's going to deliver somebody. Right? If I send my word out to correct somebody, it's going to correct somebody. My word is mission possible. My word is undefeated. Come on. I love you guys. You're so fun. You're so fun. Write down number four. Confidence. Confidence. 
Come, call, comparison, confidence. You can put your confidence in my word. You can build your future on my word. You can build America on my word. You can build your life on my word. You can build relationships on my word. Aren't you, aren't you thankful tonight that you can build your life on God's word? Come on. That you, that you can have confidence in God and what he says because it never returns void in Jesus' name. He's saying have confidence in my word. Have you ever sent somebody out to order your food? I'm a foodie, so I love food. Anybody ever send anybody out to order food for you? Like you got this complex order. You're like you, you know what you want. You're all in. Like two McChickens, add tomato, extra mayo, and I want a four-piece McNugget, small fry, and give me a Dr. Coke. Somebody. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know, I don't know how it is. Dr. Coke. That's awesome. Dr. Pepper. That's my thing. Is it nine? It's after nine. Things are getting weird. It's okay. Okay. So good. Where was I now? Okay, so anyway, and they screw it all up, right? We're good. Bear with me. Screw it all up. Like, how hard can it be? God's saying that when I send out my word, it, it always accomplishes the task. Always. God's word will do four things in your life. I want you to write this down. God's word will do four things in your life. When God sends out his word, it's going to do four things. God's word, it will revive you. It revives you. Psalms 119, 154. Revive me according to your word. Isn't it amazing that, that when you come to church on Saturday and you get God's word in you, you feel all good, all bubbly, and oh man, I'm just ready to go. Let's get somebody saved. Like by the time you get out, you're on fire, right? And all of a sudden it comes Monday and oh man, I'm, I'm kind of starting to feel like it's dragging a little bit. I still feel good. But I'm kind of feeling like, oh, okay, now we're at the Wednesday. And all of a sudden, now we make it to Friday. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I need you, right? And then Saturday, all of a sudden, we get the Saturday. I just got to get in church because I got to get God's word in me. Because it revives me. It revives you. Revival starts on the inside of you. We need to get God's word inside of our hearts, inside of our souls. When we do that, it'll, it'll revive dreams in us that might be lost. It'll, you'll see God's word create dreams. God will pull things out of you that you never even thought were possible. You're going to see amazing things. Get God's word in you. It revives you. And I need a breath. And number two, God's word will heal you. Relationships that have been broken, thinking patterns that have been broken, things that have become destructive. When you get God's word into your life, it'll heal your bones. Psalms 107.20 says, he sent out his word and healed them. Earlier this week, when I, when I was just like getting ready to go to work, you ever, anybody in here ever get those anxious feelings? Like, you know you got a lot going on, you kind of get anxious. Anybody? I started putting God's word in my life. I started speaking to those situations, right? When you take God's word and you put it into your life, things that have been disoriented, things that have been confusing, it'll literally bring healing to the situation, right? It'll bring healing to the relationships that need mended. When you, take, when you take God's word and you put it in you, it's literally like taking medicine for your soul. Come on. Number three, God's word will guide you. Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Some of you guys are trying to govern your life and, and you're trying to fumble through the darkness, right? Trying to wonder what to do about stuff, right? Wondering where I should go to school, if I should go to school, should I still be in school? Who should I date? God, who do you got for me? I want to marry somebody, you know? Anybody? I saw a lot of single people earlier. Everybody raised their hand. Okay. Just a little plug there. Anyway, you're trying to fumble through the dark, right? You get God's word on the situation and it's a lamp to guide my feet and a, and, and a light to my path. And all of a sudden, you can see. All of a sudden, you can see. How many of you guys have a light on your cell phone? How many of you guys remember growing up not having a light on your cell phone? 
Yeah. Man, you'd do anything for a light, right? And so I use, my, I use my flashlight all the time because it's dark. But when you get God's word on a situation that you don't know what to do about, it becomes clear as day. It'll guide you, a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path. Number four, God's word will teach you. It'll teach you. It'll literally teach you how to live. Anybody ever been to Barnes & Noble? Yeah. Yeah, you go in there, you see all these books. You ever see the books for dummies? Yeah. How to use your iPhone. Uh, no? Okay. How, you know, how to use your Android, whatever it is. Books for a PC. Books for Christmas wrapping. That's, I need that one. Thank you, Jesus. But you read these books because it teaches you how to do something, right? It'll, so when you read the Bible, it'll teach you how to live. It'll teach you how to excel in life, right? So Psalms 19, 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So in other words, when you read the Bible, God takes the simple and makes you wise. In other words, Proverbs says that these sayings make the simple-minded clever. I don't care what you got on your SATs, right? If you get the Bible in you, you're going to be wise. Come on. The, God will teach you how to operate, how to behave, how to be pure sexually. Come on. How, how, how to be upright before the Lord, right? How to handle your finances, your time, your thoughts, all of that. God's word literally will, will teach you how to live. He said that you can put confidence in my word. Don't trust anything above my word. You can put your confidence in me. Some of you guys are here tonight because, because you, were, you were dragged to Sunday school when you were eight years old. God's word got in you, right? It's still operating in you. Even, even when you can't see it, God's word is working in our lives. The Bible says that, that when we were children, you know, and, and we got God's word in us, when we're older, we won't depart from it. When God's word goes forward, I don't care how long it takes. That bad puppy, it's undefeated, right? It, it cannot be brought down. Somebody say, come on. So, so God is saying, put your confidence in my word. Don't trust anything above my word. You need to constantly be building your life on God's word and the promises and the truth of who God is. His word will last forever. So come, come, call. There's no comparison. And you can put all your confidence in my word and who I am. You might have gotten your debit card back from the cashier saying insufficient funds, right? But God says my word will never return void. Never. He said, if you have confidence in my word, then you'll have, write down number five, and can I, can I have the worship team come up? If you put your confidence in my word, you will have the change that you're looking for. The change that you need. The change that you desire and that you've been praying for. It's actually not found in how good we are or, or our morals or our behaviors or, or your church attendance or your prayer life. But the change that you need, it, it comes from trusting, trusting and having confidence in God and in his word. So Isaiah 55, 11, it is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. And, and watch, watch how God ends. Watch how he brings this to an end. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. 
Instead of the thorn bush, will grow the juniper. Instead of the briar, the myrtle will grow. This will be the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. God's speaking in a metaphor. If you have confidence in me, I will start to produce in your life what you cannot produce on your own. Change starts with putting your confidence in God's word and who he is. When you put confidence in God, God will start to change you. Where it looked like there would never be life, where things would, would, would never be different, situations that we're in are never going to change, where it looks like there's disaster, despair, death, God will change it if you, if you put your confidence in him. And then all of a sudden, you'll get myrtles. Things are growing and blossoming, and there's flowers. What are, what are thorn bushes and, and briars? That's like having weeds and torments, right? It's symbolic for desert-like. God says, put your confidence in me, and all of a sudden, junipers will grow. By the way, a juniper tree can grow up to 60 feet tall. God's saying, I'll produce change in your life that you can't produce on your own. Can we bow our heads? He said, I'll grow you like, like your attitude. I'll grow your favor. I'll make your name grow. I'll make your church grow. I'll bless your business. I'll, bl I'll bless your, I'll make you wise. And I will do for you what you cannot do on your own. I will revive you. I will guide you. I will teach you. I will heal you. Maybe you came in here today. Maybe you're dealing with loneliness, depression, anxiety, addiction. Maybe you're just battling, battling this thought life, right? Do people like me? Am I cool? Am I accepted? Am I all right? Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe you came in here tonight and you're like, oh, Ben, you know, cool story, bro. That's awesome. God's got a lot of stuff in store for others, but I don't know about me. Because you know what? Like, you don't know, Ben. You, you don't know what I looked at on the internet. I, you, you don't know that, that I'm just weighed down with this feeling that I'll never be great. That my school's never going to change. My workplace is never going to change. That I'll never fulfill the call of God that's on my life. I come from a broken family or, you know, there's addiction in my home. I'm in a nobody family. I'm in a nobody city. Maybe you're battling with these thoughts and you feel like you're weighed down. Can I tell you that God wants to, God wants to speak to your life? He wants the junipers to grow. He wants the myrtles to grow. He wants to produce life where you thought there would never be life. He wants there to be growth where you thought there'd never be growth. He said, call on me. I just want you to come. Call on me. There's no comparison. I have confidence in who I am. I'll never let you down. I'll produce the change in your life. God wants to set you free tonight. He wants to heal you. He says, what do you need? You need peace, you need joy, you need patience, you need kindness, you need forgiveness, what do you need? 
I got it all. You need comfort. You need deliverance. All that I am is available to you. That's God. You're chosen. You're, you're set aside. You're pursued. You're valuable. You're worthy. You're esteemed. You're loved. He is so generous. He wants you to live an abundant life. He wants nothing but the best for you. If you came in here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior of your life, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I want you to know that, that in a moment, if you, if you raise your hand, that God's going to come into your life. All your sins, all your transgressions. You know, he, he says that he, he casts all your transgressions as far as the east is from the west. He remembers it no more. You're flawless in his eyes. You're his child. You're his son. You're his daughter. If, you, if you're like, you know what? I, I want this. I need a little air in my tires. I'm ready to start my life with Jesus. I don't want anybody looking around, but I just want you to raise your hand right where you are. This is between you and God. This is between you and I. God, it's so good. God, it's so good. Everybody repeat after me. Father God, I come to you. In Jesus' name. I believe with all my heart that Jesus, you're the Son of God, and you died on the cross for my sins. And Jesus, I receive you to be my Lord. I'm a child of God. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I want to I pray for you tonight. I want to invite you up. You know, if you, if you need... You need prayer, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, whatever it is. I want you to be expecting God to show up and to do something in your life. Believe it. All that he is is available. Before we go into prayer uh, for you guys, um, one of the main reasons I wanted to do this tonight, because this is our last service, and a lot of times we, we don't try to get things right into the new year. And now January's coming, January 1st coming. I'll, I'll get my life together then. And I wanted this to be a time where, where you guys can just come receive prayer and you can receive all that God has for you. This can be a time where he can begin to do something in you from the inside out. And I just want to build up your faith a little bit because um, it builds my faith up when I hear stories like this. But it's about eight months ago, uh, they're, 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 Ellie was actually struggling with uh, allergic reactions and she was dealing with food allergies and she was paralyzed by fear. She couldn't leave the house. We would have to stay in a lot of Friday nights because she could not go out because she was just governed by fear and she had all these food allergies. She couldn't eat certain things. And, and a couple months ago, um, her mom laid hands on her stomach, and she has been completely healed. She's been completely restored. Her stomach is made whole again. That's the kind of God that we serve. It wasn't. It was about a couple months ago. There was a guy that came in the 19 North. He had a fracture in his wrist. He fell off a table while he was doing something, and he came in. And, and me and a couple guys, we prayed for him, 
and he went to the doctors later that week and the doctor said, you would not believe. We took x-rays earlier this week. We took x-rays now. There is no fracture in your wrist. This is a complete miracle from God above. Man, that is the kind of God that we serve. We serve a God that is bigger than us, a God that wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. I I also had a a cousin that fell off a 10-foot ladder and God put it on my heart to just lay hands on his feet. And as I was laying hands on his feet,